0: You know, the nature of uh, who I am. I, uh, yeah, I've always, you know, kind of talk, talk, talk. But my auntie at that particular point, what she was telling me was, you know, Michael, slow down and pay attention to what's being said to you. Because, you know, you're talking too much, you're missing, you know, the whole point of everything. And that's what James is telling us here. He's like, hey, you know, you got to slow down, you know, with all the talking so much and just, you know, listen a little bit so that you might get a better understanding of what it is to be that is being said. Sometimes, thank you, sometimes. As we go through life, and we, you know, I'm saying we're being told things, and you know, we're we're listening to different things. You know, maybe even in this particular moment, you know, as I'm preaching. Sometimes when you're listening to someone, we have to learn to say, you know what, I don't really need to respond. I'm just going to take what was said and then I'm going to, you know, mull over it, really listen to what was being said. I'm going to meditate on what was being said, think about what was being said, and then maybe if needed, I'll come back and address it at a later time. So I'm going to really slow down. I'm going to hurry up and slow down from all my talking and not really listening. Sometimes when we talk so much, other people feel like, you know what, you're not, I'm not being heard. I'm not being understood because you're constantly responding, 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 and you're going back and forth. And so James is saying, listen, slow down, just listen. And then we get to the other part. He says, uh, be slow to anger, be slow to anger. So uh, he's also telling us, he's like, listen, because you're talking so much, this can cause anger. This can cause a person to become angry. Either the speaker well, and in most cases, uh, if you guys have ever watched the argument, usually both people are speaking at the same time. So nobody's really listening, you know, and it leads to escalation and people get angry because, you know, the voices are getting loud because everybody's trying to be heard. Nobody's being heard. And then you get into this anger. And so he's like, look, slow down, slow down, slow down. You know, be quick to listen. Slow down with all the talking. And then it'll slow down the anger, which is which will inevitably Pursue if you constantly keep on talking that's just um the nature of things, and so I want to give some biblical evidence for what it is that I'm saying uh versus just kind of you know uh telling you what it is I feel and so we we want to look at the nature and effects of man's anger because it's very dangerous you know uh there's a a saying uh that was going around I don't remember exactly uh where it started, but it was like uh you know, uh, something about anger is danger, danger, anger, or something like that. You know, danger has the word anger in it, but you know, it's dangerous and it really is dangerous. But if we look in the book of Genesis, chapter four, verses five through eight, and I want to really read these ones to you guys for just one second, if you if you allow me to, because this this is uh, really where it all starts. This is where it all started at, right here in Genesis chapter four, and. Um, we're going to start again, like I said, at, at verse five, it says, but he did not have regard for Cain and his offering, right? So this is the moment where Cain and Abel brought their offering to God and God was like, yeah, Cain, that ain't going to cut it, right? And so he said he didn't have a, a regard for Cain and his offering and Cain was what? Furious, you know, and that's the high level of anger. He was furious and he looked despondent. Verse six, then the Lord said to to Cain, uh, why are you furious? Why do you look despondent? If you would do what is right, mm. won't you be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is for you, but you must rule over it. I'm going to stop right there. Right. Um, look, here's the thing, right? God, this is, like I said, this is where it started at. Cain had the opportunity to to rectify the situation. But instead he instead of listening to what God was telling him, he decided, you know what? I'm 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 going to stay in my anger. I'm going to allow my anger to consume me and I'm going to do something that I ought not do. What did he do? He ended up killing his brother. Mm-hmm. He premeditated. He thought this out. It wasn't just like, ah, oh, bam, I'm going to kill you. He told his brother, look at verse 8, Cain said to his brother Abel, let's go, let's go out to the field. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. So he was premeditated. Come on, Abel, let's go hang out in the field. Knowing all along he was gonna kill him. All because of the anger. He wasn't listening to what God was telling him. And God was pretty t- was telling him plain and clear, look, 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 slow down, slow down. You know, if you allow this anger to consume you, Sin is waiting right there to take advantage of your anger. And right Amen. now today, it's still sin is always at the door crouching, waiting to attack us in our anger of all of our emotions. And God wants us to have a full range of emotions. You know, anger is, is just another emotion, but it's one of the most dangerous ones because sin is particularly adaptive. From a long, long time ago, it is particularly adapt to taking advantage of our anger. And it's always sitting there waiting for you to just hold on to that anger. And sin's going to start creeping in and manipulating the situation. It'll begin to manipulate what actually (coughs) happened in your brain. Where you would think in your brain that something totally different actually happened than what actually did happen. All because you're just holding on to that rage, that fury, that anger. And sin takes advantage of it. Makes you think like they, they you know, everybody was laughing at me. Nobody was laughing at you. They was laughing at, you know what I'm saying, just happened to be laughing when whatever happened, happened to you. But the point is, you know, Cain didn't slow down. He didn't, you know what I'm saying, hurry up and slow down and listen to what God was saying. And which was clearly said, look, just do what's right. And that's all we got to do. Just do what's right. I ain't going to jump ahead too much in my uh, sermon, but we got to just do what is right. Because when we don't, sin is right there waiting to take advantage of it. Right Right there. And then if we continue to look through our Bible, we'll see that, you know, like I said, Cain and Abel was just the beginning of it. It didn't stop with them. It's still right now today. It hasn't stopped. But if we go through our Bible, we'll see that, uh, 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 Jacob had this problem with Esau. Esau was trying to murder him. You know, Jacob took his, uh, birthright and, uh, took his, uh, 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 his blessing inheritance. And Esau was doing the same thing, was plotting murder on his brother. Like, yeah, as soon as pops die, I'm gonna kill you. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna kill you. And what happened? His mother said, look, you got to get up out of here. You know, because your brother is planning on killing you. Your dad's on his deathbed. He's going to kill you. I'll call you when he calmed down. Never calmed down. You know, we read the story. Never calmed down. So this is constantly happening. What happened? Joseph. We look at Joseph and all of his brothers. What? They just tried to kill him. Mm. Luckily, you know what I'm saying? One of his brothers was like, yeah, let's just throw him in the hole. They're just to murder him. You know, but they end up throwing him in the hole. So this is a constant problem that man has had with our anger. Esau got, I mean, Cain got, uh, got mad at Abel, killed him. Esau got mad at, at Jacob, wanted to kill him. Joseph's 11 brothers got mad at him, wanted to kill him. Anger, anger, anger. The common theme running through all of these is the anger that these men had towards their brothers, that the, the anger that people had toward one another has always been a problem on and on since man's first murder anger perhaps more than any other emotion has led us astray it constantly leads us astray and leads us further and further away from God And it's not to say that our other emotions can't do it as well because it can but anger is the easiest one to just kind of you know we get blinded by it we get you know engulfed by it and James here is saying listen just listen. Just slow down and listen because that anger is not good for you. Right? Right? And that's where we lead he leads into verse 20. He says for human anger does not accomplish God's righteousness. I mm. know. And with, and all of the examples I gave you shows you that it, that none of that was righteous in God's eyes, obviously. But I wanna go a little bit deeper than the surface on this, and I'm not gonna to go too deep because this is a very extensive um, study when we see right here what uh, James pins as God's righteousness. That is a very extensive subject. Those of you who may be interested in it, let me know. I have a fantastic uh, link for an article on this uh, that gets very in depth in it. However, um, I wanna give you guys a, 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 a simplified, Explanation of what God's righteousness is And most simply put It is that divine Inherent part of God In which he always acts in accord With his own nature God himself is righteousness Mm -hmm. He is righteousness He is the standard of all that is right Is what is being said uh, uh, basically So James says that our anger doesn't accomplish God's righteousness. Our anger leads us, like I said earlier, further and further away from God. It puts us, you know, uh, out further out of the Garden of Eden than uh, than, uh, uh, Adam and Eve was put out. It continues to just drive us further and further out. Next thing you know, we find ourselves out on the rings of Saturn somewhere because we're constantly holding on to this anger, you know. And some people are holding on to anger from years and years and years ago. And like I said, that 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 seeing what manipulated in your brain, you don't even really know what you're mad at a person about no no, You just know you know what? I'm mad at them. Right, Amen. I'm I'm still mad at them. I'm I'ma still treat them like, you know what I'm saying, like whoever. Could have been, you know, I'm saying the person closest to you in life, but you would allow your anger to separate you from that person, put them out of your life and decide, you know what? I ain't got nothing else to do with them. That is not righteousness in God's eyes. God Mm -hmm. says that we ought to forgive one another the same way that Christ uh, that he forgives us because of what Christ has done. He says we got to forgive one another, but anger will cause us to hold on to some stuff. It will cause us to develop physical uh, ailments in our body because of a mental uh, uh, condition. Come on, come on. We'll, we'll start to get ulcers. You know, we start to get migraines and headaches. You know what I'm saying? It will manifest itself in the Physical. But like I've always told you guys, you know, the spiritual was first. Everything we have in the physical manifests from the spiritual and the spiritual anger Mm -hmm. that we hold on to will manifest itself in the physical and cause us to deal with some physical ailments. And we still won't let go of the anger. We still won't let go of the hatred. We still won't let go of the things that separating us from our brothers and sisters. The Bible says that we say that we love God, whom we've never seen, but we hate our brothers and sisters, whom we see every day. Uh-huh. We can't learn to say, you know what? I'm gonna let this go, and I'm gonna love this person, Come on, despite all, right. all that we do against God. We'll hold on to that anger. We'll hold on to that hatred. We'll hold on to that fury. That furiousness, like I just can't stand them. And when I see them, next time I see them. But that does not accomplish God's righteousness. We can describe God's righteousness in four parts. And like I said, I got an article on this. Let me know if you want to read it. It's fantastic and it's uh, good. But I want to just kind of give, Uh, The four parts of divine righteousness. And um, I may do like some side stuff on the on our site about it or whatever. But anyway, uh, so we have four parts of divine righteousness. One is rectorial righteousness, which is uh, God's demand or requires righteousness of all his creatures. God demands and requires righteousness of all of his creatures. It has to do with the imposition of laws and standards. So God says, listen, because I am holy, you are to be holy. Word clearly says it. Because God is righteousness, we are to attain, well, well I ain't going to jump ahead of myself on that. But it has to do with God requiring and demanding righteousness of us. I don't want to get too deep because like I said, it's a deep subject. Then there's retributive Righteousness. And this means that he inflicts punishment for all unrighteousness in his creatures. So, you know, those of us who fall short of God's righteousness, we know we are hell bound. Those of us, you know, I'm saying who accept Christ, uh, we are, you know, heaven bound and I'll get I'll get into that in a little bit which is actually the next one uh which is redemptive righteousness and this has to do with the fact that God can and will redeem the sinner only in a way that does not violate his previously uh the two parts that I just mentioned i.e. Christ. So God is still um he requires um righteousness and he will punish those who are unrighteous that's why we need christ in order to avoid the punishment part the retributive righteousness because if it ain't right like i um i've told you guys this before you know god won't let sin into heaven he'll let nothing that is unrighteous near him at all and that's why we have to be covered by the blood in order to enter in we have to be covered by christ and so that redemptive righteousness you know that's another way of talking about Christ, and um, I'll get into that later. Anyway, uh, then there's uh, remunerative righteousness, and this is how God rewards his creatures for their righteousness. And so, in other words, we could think of Abraham and how God said he counted Abraham as righteous because he was obedient. He did what it is that God asked him to do without question or hesitation. God said, listen, go and kill your son, the one I promised you. that was going to be a descendant of many nations. He said, go kill him. Abraham said, okay, God. And God counted that as righteousness. Even though he didn't let him go through with it, he counted it as righteousness because in Abraham's heart of hearts, he was ready and willing to do what it was that God... Uh, Demanded of him with no questions, no hesitations, and so again, um, if you have questions about, you know, um, God's righteousness, let me know, and um, I'll give you that link. And it's really, really, really good. Uh, you know, well, I, I just love studying, but it's good stuff in there. Anyway, let's move on. Let's look at verse twenty-one a little bit. Uh, the Bible says, "Therefore, ridding yourselves of all." moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent. I'm going to stop right there. Ridding ourselves, getting rid of that moral filth and evil that is so prevalent. And we know evil is very, very prevalent. It's going around the world uh, rampant, 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 rampant. And um, I don't know, maybe, you know, my eyes are a little bit wider open, you know, at this age in life. But, you know, when I was younger, things didn't just seem as evil as they do today. You know, I mean, it didn't seem as bad as it was, you know, uh back then as it is now. Like, you know, I could go out, you know what I'm saying, and... Find myself like anywhere in the city, pretty much. You know, as uh, long as I made it back before the street lights came on, and I was okay. <laughs> you know, like you, you went out and you did that. Nowadays, you know, you looking out the window every five seconds, like where's my child at? You know, saying are they okay? Evil is prevalent, but God, but James here, uh, God through James here is telling us that we first gotta rid the evil. And the moral filth within ourselves. We got to get cleaned up. We are new creatures in Christ. Is what the Bible tells us. We are new creatures in Christ. But uh, remarkably, we seem to find a lot of old creatures walking around in Christ. You know, Jesus said you can't put old wine into a new wineskin. In other words, he was saying that old person ain't gonna fit into the new creature. You gotta let that go. You gotta pull that wine out, put some new wine in that new uh wine skin. But like I said, we got a lot of Christians walking around trying to dump that that new wine into I mean that yeah, that new that old wine into that new wine skin. Let's look at Ephesians chapter four again. And I know we didn't look at this a couple of times. Uh, since we've been on um, on uh, uh, James chapter 1 and you know uh, God was I was I was talking with God about that he was like you know what Michael some things uh, just are worth repeating <laughs> a few times I was like okay God I'm gonna let it go right there but he was like yeah you know but anyway let's look at uh, Ephesians chapter 4 and we're gonna look at 23 to 29 and look at here what Paul says he says what take off Your former way of life. The old self that is corrupted by deceitful desires. Let's stop right there. Is he not saying the same thing that James is saying? Amen. Come on. Like we new creatures. We got to let go of that old way of living. We got to be something different. We represent the kingdom. We represent an eternal king. The king of kings. How can we continue to act like our old selves, knowing who it is that we serve? Remember when we first started this out and we just started with the very first verse and we was talking about what it truly means to be a servant, to be a slave of Christ. How can we continue on? How can we continue on in that old way of living in those old clothes and those old ways of thinking and being that old creature, being that old wine? He says, we got to take it off. He says to be renewed, verse 23, to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and put on the new self, the one created according to God's likeness in righteousness. See that? And purity of the truth. Therefore, putting away the lying, speak the truth, each one of you to his neighbors, because you were members, you are members of one another be angry and do not sin that's what we were just talking about god was telling this long time ago to Kay. that anger that anger let it go because it will cause sin uh, i smell anger and he's waiting right there to crouch and jump on you we gotta let it go be angry but don't sin. And what Paul, right here, this anger that Paul is talking about, this is righteous anger. When we see injustices happening, when we see, you know what I'm saying, uh uh um um you know what I'm saying the way that immigrants are being uh treated, when we see children being, you know, done wrong, when we see injustices happen, this is righteous anger that he's saying. He's saying, look, it's okay to be angry to have some righteous anger about the right things. But even still, don't sin. All right, come on. Don't sin. Let it go. Let God. Let's go on. He says, don't let the sun go down on your anger. Let it go. Let God. And don't give the devil an opportunity. He's waiting right there, crouching by the door, waiting to jump on you. Let the thief no longer steal. Instead, he is to do honest work with his own hands. We're going to stop right there. I want to switch over to another question. Uh, uh, switch over to Colossians, another thing that uh, Paul wrote. And we're going to go to Colossians chapter 3 very quickly. And um, like I said, I'm going to try not to take up too much of you all time because we started late. Uh, all right, Colossians chapter 3. Look at here. Let's start at verse uh, 6. Matter of fact, let's start at verse 5. Therefore, Put to death what belongs to your earthly nature. Again, that old self. You know, we were worldly. We were earthly. We were worldly. He said, put to death what belongs to your earthly nature. Sexual immorality, uh, impurity, lust, evil desire, and greed, which is idolatry. Look at this. Because of these, God's wrath. Now, this is a whole nother subject again. God's wrath, God's anger, which is righteous. We've seen it play out time and time and time against uh, in the Bible. You know, he will he will he will strike some people down. Think about Korah. You know, they try to buck up against Moses. Moses like, okay, (laughs) you think God called you? Okay, you go ahead. you, You take your incense right over there. Yeah, Step back a little bit. Give me 10 feet. And what do what God do? opened the ground up and suck them in. Yeah. God's righteousness, God's wrath. Be weary of it. That's all I'm going to say. Be weary of it. Anyway, uh, let me get back into six. Because of these, God's wrath is coming upon the disobedient. And you once walked in these things, again, that former self, when you were living in them. But now, look, here Paul lays out perfectly what James is talking about when he says uh, moral filth. And evil, which is rampant, which is still rampant. And I got to, we can go into 2 Timothy and we can look at it again. But anyway, we're going to look at it right here. He says, now put away all of the following. Anger, first thing, wrath, malice, slander, and filthy language from your mouth. Don't lie to one another since you have put off the old self with its practices. And have put on a new self. You are being renewed. In knowledge. According to the uh, image of your creator. Listen. Once you hear these words. Once you read these words. It ain't no going back. You can't sit there and tell God. Like oh I ain't no well. You know. I thought it was okay. You know. I, I could hold on to a little bit of anger. You know. I, I, I was going to let it go. You know. In a couple of days. I just felt like. You know. I wanted to be angry for a little while. But the Bible is saying. Let it go. Let it go. Why? Because you are being renewed. Your mind is being transformed in the knowledge of Christ according to to who he is, the way he behaves. That's why it's so important to read this word because I'm going to tell you right now. uh, Paul, uh, James says here, he says at the end of verse 22, he said the implanted word. Let me go back there. The implanted word. He's talking about, of course, the gospel of Christ, right? But that implanted word, it's in us. It's supposed to be in us. He says, is able. He didn't say it is, it's gone to and it will. He says, is able. That means that it's a possibility. It's a probability. It's not a guarantee. Why is it not a guarantee? Because like any good relationship, it must be reciprocal. Come on, come on, You can't be in a one-sided relationship with Christ. You can't be in a one-sided relationship with God. It got to be reciprocal. You got to sit there and you got to understand that, look, God, the Bible says, listen, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. Right? It's reciprocal. You're both moving at the same time. God is doing his part and he's faithful to do his part. He's definitely going to do it. But we have to understand that we have things that we must do as well. We have to take serious the fact that we're new creatures. We have to take serious the fact that, you know what? God wants me to be more than that earthly person that I used to be. He wants me to, 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 to have, you know what I'm saying, a love for the creatures that he created the way that he has a love for them. He wants me to care about everybody and everything despite what they've done to us because guess what despite all that we do against God he still loves us. The Bible says he loved us first. While we were yet sinners he sent Christ to die for us. Yes, come on, come on. How can we sit here and continue to say you know what uh God, I want this, I want that, I want this and I want that and then you know we turn around and we want to you know do everything that we ought not be doing, right. say everything that we ought not be saying? God is like, no, come on. I'm going to be faithful. And God is definitely faithful. He won't leave us or forsake us no matter what we do. He's always there. But we have to. We have. We must. We must make a genuine, genuine, heartfelt effort to change from that old self. To let go of those old things that we sit there and we lie about and say, well, you know, that's just me. Well, no, that's the old you. That's not the new you. We sit there in line and say, "Well, you know, I just can't help myself." Yeah, maybe you can't, but God gave you a Holy Spirit within you that is powerful, Almighty. This is God Himself within us, the Holy Spirit. How can we say that we cannot do something? Come on, if we allow the the Spirit within us to make a change within us, it all is possible. The Bible says that, yeah, some things aren't possible with man, but everything's possible with God. Amen. Come on. So how can we hold on to things and say, well, you know what? That's just who I am. You know, God got, God's just gonna have to understand that. What do you mean he's gonna have to understand? Who are you? Right. Like, for real? Come on, come, come on. Come on. God just gonna have to understand. No, he ain't, he ain't gotta do nothing. But we thank him that he did. Yes. All right. He went to the cross for us. While we were yet sinners. And so brothers and sisters. I pray that you are encouraged by today's word. I pray that you would continue. Continue continue to just grow in Christ. Grow in your understanding of Christ. And your knowledge of Christ. And in the love of Christ. And love one another. You know no matter what it is. As pastor taught us. Love is the answer. Yes. Love is the answer. And so. If there's any. That have not uh, accepted a restored relationship that he is available to every sinner. A reciprocal relationship. The Bible tells us that it's very simple. It's not hard at all. It's not going to cost you anything out of your out of your bank account. It's not going to cost you anything at all because Christ paid it all. He did it all. Bible says that we simply um, must understand this. Romans 10, begin. I'm going to begin at verse eight. It says, on the contrary, what does it say? The message is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. This is the message of faith that we proclaim. If you simply confess with your mouth Lord, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved amen you have salvation just that simple, just a confession and a belief in your heart that is the that that gets you on the road that 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 heads you on that journey and if you haven't done those you haven't made that confession and and learned how to believe in your heart, we ask that you reach out to us, contact us uh information has been scrolling across the stream. You can go to our website, nhmbaptist.org. You can call us at 360 627 7365. You can email us at contact us at uh dot org and um we'll we'll we will respond. We will respond. We uh again we thank you and we thank Christ and um We will be back next week if the Lord says the same.